Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. I got with me today Bob McQuillan, and he is with Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate it. Great to be here. Before we get too far into things, tell us about Hand and Stone. How are you serving folks? <clears throat> well, we how are we serving folks? Yeah, like what's the kind of the franchise about? So... Hand and Stone is a massage and facial spa concept uh, developed in uh, the state of New Jersey in the United States back in 2004. Um, today, we have over 460 locations throughout the United States and Canada. Uh, we've got 31 in Canada, uh, mostly in the eastern portion of the country, um, and have never closed a uh, spa in Canada and have not closed a spa in, uh, this is now going to be the fourth year, uh, which is unprecedented and basically unheard of. Um, in franchising for a uh, for a, for a, a, a stock concept or a, a franchise for that matter of our size, but so, uh, but we are a you know, completely service uh, oriented business as far as uh, massage, facials, and hair removal removal, and then we also uh, carry two full comprehensive skincare lines, which uh, which is, seems to be a very big focus uh, of what we're doing here today and in the future. So what? Uh, what, why do you think that Hand and Stone don't uh, close stores? Like, what makes you different than all the other uh, people in this space? Yeah, uh, you know, it's a unique situation, and I've had the ability. I come at this kind of a, a little bit different. I'm, my title is a, a Vice President of Franchise Development, which is really you know franchise sales, and, I, and my focus is primarily in North America. Uh, which is uh, the only two countries we're located in is the United States and Canada. So what makes us different is early on, we started focusing a lot on the skincare uh, end of the business and promoting gift cards. Uh, massage, I think, will always be the driver in what we do. But whereas our competition really focused on massage, we started to pivot a little bit. Um, and as the great Wayne, Wayne Gretzky uh, says, you know, when, when, when other people go, when other people go left, you go right, or you, know, you pivot, right? and then 100 percent of the shots you don't take are never made. So that's kind of that's kind of our our mantra as well. You know, we we look at this business as a complete opportunity uh, from all aspects, but we wanted to be the one business that offered more products, more services, uh, and completely focused and and really had a. Um, a determination to grow the skincare side of the business because no other competitor was doing that. So when they went left, we went right and it's paid off for us. Now, what is the profile of a franchisee? Most of our franchisees, and they, they come from uh, many ranks. We have a very sophisticated group of franchisees. I would tell you that uh, predominantly we're made up of a lot of husband-wife teams who, uh, you know, one of the spouses has continued on a corporate career. The other maybe had stayed home to raise children uh, and just wanted a new opportunity um, when, when the, the children were kind of more independent and going to school and self-sufficient. So that that's a big part of our group. 
Uh, we get a lot of um, a lot of partnerships as well, uh, where they basically have have developed these great skill sets over a period of ten to twenty five years in the corporate world, and then either want a new challenge or opportunity, or maybe have transitioned and uh, or just kind of need a change of pace. Uh, they want to do something on their own, create their own destiny rather than work for. Uh, an employer, and, uh, and 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 this is this has been kind of customary for us over the last 11 years. Now that I've been there, um, I, I've seen the same pattern again and again. And it's people that have worked with corporations for a long period of time that have de- developed great skill sets, and they they want to change a pace, or they want a new opportunity, or they just want to do something on their own and use the skill sets they developed. Now, when they come into the system, are they primarily opening one shop or are they looking to kind of be uh, empire builders and saying, okay, this is going to be just step one in this? Yeah, good question, Leah. And we get all kinds. Um, I can tell you more, the predominant number is multi-unit operators, but a lot of them come in as owning one. Uh, We do have a number of people that come in and buy, you know, two or three, we'll sell up to three different markets to one person as long as they qualify financially. It's, it's about a $600,000 investment um, to, to, set up, to, to set up a hand in stone. And that's, that's everything. That's your working capital, which is the cash in your bank to operate the business. Uh, that's all construction costs, franchise fees, legal fees, um, equipment, uh, every, everything. Soup to nuts. It's about six about six hundred thousand dollars on average to open up a hand in stone, and, um, and as long as they qualify financially, they could um, they could open up more than one. But typically, we see one to two openings uh, is is the the largest percentage of the people that come into the business. Now, are you finding that? Um maybe more established franchisees that are part of other systems are, are kind of making this uh, part of a suite of maybe complementary services. Maybe they're in the hair or maybe they're in the fitness wellness. We, we have seen that uh, as a matter of fact, we have an, uh, it's a, it's a small number Lee, but it, it, we do have a handful of people that have, and I'll give you an example. Uh, they might own a, a fitness concept or a, uh, a bakery. Uh, in, in a shopping center, we have uh, we're part of a private equity group, and that private equity group holds they've got about any, anywhere from usually nine to twelve, thirteen different franchises under their umbrella. One of them is is Nothing Bunt Cakes, and we have a couple different owners that own a Nothing Bunt Cakes and a Ham and Stone. Uh, one actually in uh, in the state of Alabama uh, has a Nothing Bunt Cakes and a Ham and Stone in the same shopping center. Um, all in all. Uh, there's less than three or four percent of our entire franchise base owns multiple franchise concepts, but I've seen kind of a a trend uh, in the people that I'm talking with uh, where that's happening more and more now. So that's a that's a great question. Yeah, that's what I mean. In doing this show, we get to meet meet a lot of people doing a lot of interesting things, and that's something I'm starting to see at this kind of a suite of complementary franchises under one roof so that it gives some kind of maybe economies of scale and maybe in the marketing or sharing of customers within the marketing uh, in a given market. Uh, so I just wondered if you guys were pursuing that strategy. Yeah, it's as well. a great point and it allows them to diversify a little bit. So all their eggs aren't in one basket. Now talk about this uh, Canadian expansion. How did that come about? 
Sure. Well, um, we have uh, the group that has what was our master uh, franchisee, uh, Gigi Harding and her, her brother Brett. They had owned uh, the concept of quick copy in Canada in franchising. And, and Gigi has been, she's the president of the Canadian operation, and uh, now we've you know, partnered with the United States or Canada has. And she grew the business to where it is today, 31 locations, zero, zero businesses closed in that time frame uh, over 10 years now. And uh, the way it came about was, you know, our focus is to, um, to as, as an organization, our, our focus is to have um, the same operation, uh, spa in, spa out, in every spa. It was, uh, Canada was operating a little bit differently, and the fact that they only carried one product line on the facial side, not two. So they weren't enjoying the discount that we had. The private equity firm that owned us saw an opportunity uh, to purchase this this operation, uh, whereas you know Gigi has been in in franchising for a number of years now, um, I think it was good from a timing perspective. It, it made sense for us to come together. Um, so now we are leveraging our size with the organizations that they purchased equipment from, um, you know, products from, uh, to to gain bigger discounts, and it gives us the ability now to create a budget, whereas we can not only affect the United States, but we can affect uh, Canada as well. Um, a lot of our growth and opportunities are in the western portion of the country uh, because uh, as far as you know, most, I mean, 98% of our activity is all in the GPA. Uh, so that's pretty much, you know, a lot of that's spoken for. And so our, our concentration now will be out west. And it made, made sense for us if we're going to go into different parts of the country, maybe now is the time for us to do that and leverage our uh, in-house uh, in advertising agency leverage our relationships with other vendors uh, and, and broker networks and, uh, and ways to grow the business uh, at this point moving forward. Now, um, here in America, we're going through this um, coronavirus, the COVID-19 crisis, um, and all over the world, obviously. But how is this impacting your business where so much of it is kind of in-person, face-to-face, um, what kind of resources were you uh, trying to provide for your franchisees and support them during this kind of difficult time? Sure. Well, we have uh, we, we basically uh, stopped any fees from an advertising perspective and an IT perspective. We've, we've stopped all those costs for the franchise base. Uh, what, what we're doing now is preparation for reopening. Um, and we've provided assistance uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, and, and really two of the most prominent are one, real estate, and two, banking. Not necessarily that they would be ranked in that order, but anybody that's in a lease right now, our real estate department has been working with each of our franchisees, whether they be existing franchisees that are a single unit or multi-franchise unit owners, or even people that are in, in the process of in, being in construction or getting ready to open. We're going back to the landlords, back to our real, commercial real estate brokers, that represent us in the market to leverage those relationships to say, hey, we've been a great tenant. Uh, we're an organization that has not closed their location, and, and this is now going on our fourth year. Uh, so we're, we're the type of business landlords love, right? They don't want to lose a tenant like Hand and Stone. So on behalf of our franchisees, we've been proactive in reaching out to all the landlords, developing the communication uh, for, for our franchisees to to send out uh, on their behalf, for, for us to send out on their behalf. So we've done that. From a banking perspective, we've leveraged the relationships that we've had, and I've been in the industry for over 20 years. 
Our uh, CEO has been in the industry for over 30 years. Collectively, amongst our management group, we have over 200 years of franchising experience. So you can imagine the, the relationships we've built over that time. And we've gone back to those folks, whether it be in finance and banking, uh, some, of the, some of the great uh, folks like Benetrends and Fan Fund, uh, the organizations that we've been doing business with for, for 20, 30 years. Uh, we've relied on them heavily to kind of guide us in the right direction and where it makes sense to, to, uh, to, to get money where you know, money is needed most, and that's in the hands of our franchisees. Now, um, when you're going through a crisis like this, it's always good to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Is there things that you're doing now, maybe reallocating funds that you were, like you mentioned, for advertising, but are you reallocating them to maybe give some tools to your franchisees when it is time to reopen so they can reopen safely and confidently? We are. And, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things for us is, you know, you know, when you look at business, how it was done before the pandemic and how it's going to, going to be done after the, the pandemic, it's going to be very, very different. And what's completely different is the mindset of the consumer. And as you know, in our business, we deal with people, we, we are helping people relax. And by doing that, it's the, the touch of the massage hands. It's the touch of the uh, esthetician hands to cleanse and moisturize and, uh, and take care of the skin. So what we're doing is we have a completely new revamped protocol and it doesn't end with our protocol, but our protocol is going to consist of less, less contact, obviously contact less, uh, type of activity, uh, through texting, through phone, uh, through email, anything digital, uh, through our app is going to take place. And we're going to obviously influence that. We will be taking the temperature of all of our employees that are service providers uh, on a daily basis. So we'll have medical grade, um, medical grade type of equipment in, in, in-house, as you would find in a hospital, to take the temperature of the folks to make sure that they're healthy. Um, we are going to uh, enforce uh, our employees to wear masks. Uh, so our massage therapist, our esthetician, will be wearing masks during the treatment. Uh, and then our estheticians will be wearing gloves. I mean, um, the, they're not, the massage therapists won't wear gloves, but the estheticians will, but they're dealing with product and obviously touching the face. So that, and it doesn't stop there. That's the protocol when it comes to the, the customer and our interaction. When it comes to the cleanliness of our businesses, I mean, I've used the term, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but I, I have daughters. Right? I have two daughters. I want to feel comfortable that my daughter could go into a hand and stone and give birth to a child, right? So, so what we're doing now is we've worked with four different companies to understand the different ways we can clean our establishments, so the different ways we can clean our spas and each individual treatment room so as a customer will feel comfortable coming into our spa after the pandemic or after these um, shutdowns have been lifted. So we are dealing with uh, ionization, oxidation, uh, microbial type cleaning, the type of cleaning that you would find in a hospital room uh, and that you would find in a surgical room prior to surgery. It's going to be that clean. So these are just some of the things and the tools of the trade that we're helping prepare and setting in new protocols, Lee, for our franchisees to, to get reopened, our new, new franchisees uh, to open, and then certainly our existing uh, pipeline or interested franchisees to become confident that uh, that we're doing the right things in the market 
And uh, when you look at this kind of crisis and you're seeing the way that a firm like Hand and Stone uh, is dealing with it and supporting their franchisees, uh, some of these unintended consequences might be that when this thing's over, you're going to have a good story to tell new franchisees going forward about this is how we handled, you know, the first pandemic in our lifetime. Uh, and so when it comes time to buy for a buying decision for a franchisee, you're giving them a lot of confidence that, hey, if they can weather that storm, I'll know they have my back. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And I, and I look back to and my wife and I, um, w- my wife was a franchisee at Hand and Stone for 10 years. And we just recently, a few months ago, sold it. She's retired now, but we sold our businesses. We had three spas. But when we were going into this as investors, it was 2009, so it was on the heels of one of the worst recessions we've had in this country in, in 50 years. Now, this is a completely different animal, but in some ways, it's, it's a lot of it's the same. So the way we reacted then was a very proactive approach. Uh, we did things to cut costs for the, for the franchisees and, and the new franchisees in building out their locations. We revamped our model to make it such. Uh, we're doing the same thing today. And, then, and, and like you said, you know, we're going to have a story to tell after this is all over. And I would bet being the number one brand going into this pandemic, I would I would venture to say that we're going to come out of this a much stronger brand, still number one, and having the benefit of having a larger labor pool and the ability to capture a lot more customers from some of the smaller competitors that aren't going to be able to make it. So you make a, a good point. Yeah, they say history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. So uh, it sounds like... <laughs> That's uh, a good point, right? <laughs> Correct. It sounds like having that gone through that has really made you better positioned to deal with this. Right. So now if somebody wanted to learn more about a hand in stone, um, what's the best way to get more information and maybe uh, connect with you? Sure. Um, well, you know, I always say, you know, I'm a 24 seven guy. Although if you call me at three in the morning, the odds are I'm going to return your call uh, probably around eight or nine o'clock that morning. But, uh, but you can always call me. Uh, directly, and I always give my cell phone out to, for the people that need it, and that's area code 856-296-4800, or simply go to uh, handandstone.ca, uh, which is our Canadian website, or handandstone.com, um, and you can look under uh, own a fran- click under own a franchise, um, and you'll be directed to our franchise development site, which will give you contact information and, and more information about the brand. Well, Bob, congratulations on all the success, and thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate you having us on. Take care. God bless, and be safe. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.